I won't lie to you, Neil. Every single man or woman who has stood their ground, everyone who has fought an agent has died. But where they have failed, you will succeed. Why? I've seen an agent punch through a concrete wall. Men have emptied entire clips at them and hit nothing but air. Yet their strength and their speed are still based in a world that is built on rules. Because of that, they will never be as strong or as fast as you can be. What are you trying to tell me? That I can dodge bullets? No, Neo. I'm trying to tell you that when you're ready, you won't have to. Cree and you who folks, it is Andrew, but you may call me Anise. It is Upgrades. We're on episode 71, 2, 3, 4-ish of the Cree You podcast, talking about Stargate SG-1. We're in season 4. Ooh, ooh, it's this episode. This is a goodie. I remember this one from way back. And uh, <laughs> those of you who, once again, who have watched ahead and know what's coming, know that it's uh, going to set up something really good for the uh, Carter O'Neill relationship stuff. Anyway, episode starts with the gate dialing. And it's upside down and stuff. And there's a vague Tokra message. And uh, what's in the box? Armbands. Three armbands. This lady, she's really <laughs> thought this through. She, <laughs> General Hammond says, you know, he says it best, like, I'm being manipulated here. She has just taken us for fools. She's got this planned out from the beginning. We get a secret mission. When we dig out those armbands we can't use and send them to our gullible little human allies. Look at those little pipsqueaks. <laughs> They're so sweet when they're trying to... Oh my gosh. Anyway, give them the, give them the cookie. So they need guinea pigs, really, is what they need. Um, must be today, there's a ship being built. Act now, don't delay. Kill ship officers, ship today. Um, there's a, like, gym, suddenly, that's popped up in the infirmary, and we go there to do stuff. And um, Jack O'Neill, you know, like, okay, it's on, don't feel any different. <laughs> Uh, just go about your business. So we got one point for the front gate. Stock footage guys walking around. We're still in Cheyenne Mountain, but time has passed, apparently. And the return to the boxing. Um, we saw them box in the episode The Fifth Race, where it pops into his fron and stuff. And he's like, come on, Teal, move your feet. You gotta hop around, you gotta dance to the run a little bit. And Tilk's just stand there. And now in this one, Tilk has learned to dodge and duck and fl uh, float like, like a butterfly. <laughs> it's so, so nice that they revisited that. I wonder if there's any more boxing ever. But anyway, um, O'Neill goes for a punch that just you know, dodges and throws a punch that just... He's moving, obviously, like... The Flash slash The Matrix. How did you do that? Do what? You move like they do. I've never seen anyone move that fast. So I'm giving it ten points as an obvious rip-off of, like, you know, this is the episode, and the audio commentary confirms this. They're just saying, what if we gave everybody superpowers for a week? <laughs> Superhero powers. In this case, mostly Superman and The Flash is really what we're going for, the super strength, super speed. Um, nim, nim, nim. but, uh, it's, like, they also said in the commentary they watched The Matrix. Um, so, this episode was made, was written and made, after The Matrix, the movie came out, so it's totally 
a ripoff. Like, there's no getting around that on the old timing there back from the 90s. This is definitely a Matrix ripoff episode. <laughs> I'm sorry, Teal'c, for hitting, in you with, hitting you in the schnoz. You are not. Poor Teal'c. In this episode, Teal'c is getting the worst of it. And then at the end, he just shows up like a faithful old dog that you keep yelling at and sending away. <laughs> but, uh... Tilk's getting punched in the face by these superhuman Jack O'Neill, and um, Daniel Jackson and Sam, it's their turn, they clamp him on. What's happening? Not much, but Jack O'Neill is reading a book in ten seconds and eating a lot, and uh, Sam is doing science with the lights out. <laughs> and um, then we have the doc saying, well, it looks all normal to me, I think, that was for, for somebody... I can't remember who she said it to right now. I didn't note that down in my notes, but she says it. So that's one point. And uh, then uh, Daniel Jackson starts to feel the effects. I I can read really fast. And he takes his, can, he can take his glasses off. He studies that notebook in like three seconds. So I'm giving it ten points there because Daniel Jackson is going all dark side on us. <laughs> He's getting all narcotic, not narcotic up up. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't speak. He's he's getting high off these armband things. Now, not that he's the only one, but uh, in this category of points, he's the only one who, like, earns points for it. So this one totally counts. Daniel Jackson, along with the rest of the team, is going all dark side on this alien technology that's in, uh, putting them under the influence, as Hammond says later. So, yeah, cool. Ten points for that. And um, suddenly, like, something happens. It's, um... The light going yellow, and that just means that they're on, they're working. Oh, and of course, Daniel Jackson says, it translates to, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, Spider-Man. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> uh, Doc, it's a virus. Thanks, Dr. Fraser. You're so informative, right, when we need you at these times. And uh, Hammond has this line, which is, outrageous is that he's learned to be prudent when it comes to meddling with alien devices since when sir <laughs> sweet louise <laughs> how many times have we had the, com the facility completely overwhelmed by alien devices Oh my gosh, if he hasn't learned prudence by now, I mean, let's face it, everybody who was in the sort of first year of the GATE program really needs to be fired and replaced by more confident people who can show prudence with alien devices. But suddenly now, Hammond has learned prudence. Great. Nobody else in the episode has, but, um, turns out SG-1 is having a hard time complying. These damn wristbands, they go on, they don't come off. And, uh, <laughs> and I love the, uh, that we've done everything short of surgically removing their arms. <laughs> we'll keep that as a backup option. Setting for his testicles. Take it! 
Dang it, take the leg! Wait, wait, wait! Going the other way. All right, give me some forceps. I might be able to catch it in his colon. How are you going in? Rectally. I'll get the lubricant. There's no time for lubricant. There's always time for lubricant! And Teal'c doesn't understand what they're doing. You know, like, you guys are all having fun, but we're not SG-1 anymore. We're not doing what SG-1 does. And I want to do SG-1 stuff, damn it. <laughs> I came to this planet to do SG-1 stuff. Now you're all having fun without me. It's my birthday. <laughs> you guys are being mean. Um, poor Teal'c. <laughs> now I'm all sad. <laughs> um, Sam is writing a book. Because that's what you she would do with superpowers. You know, what would you do with superpowers? I would shred ukulele like crazy. Um, yeah, Sam apparently would write a book on wormhole physics. What would you do? Write in and tell me. Creeyuhu at gmail dot com or at Creeyuhu on Twitter. It'd be interesting to hear. What superpower would you like from an alien device that's on your arm for one week and no longer? Anyway. Sam is being a bit of a stroppy child. Janet, you don't get it, Mom. I don't want to take it off. All the cool kids are doing it. Smoking is great. <laughs> Drugs are cool. Get off my back. I could quit any time I want, but I don't want to. <laughs> it's pretty funny. And then poor General Hammond with that great scene in the middle where O'Neill is uh, in his office. Like, say the word, sir. Just say it. Go. Three seconds. I'll, I'll be ready. I'm aware of you. Know. Jack? Get the hell out of my office. <laughs> and then I gave it, uh, well, five points because it's Sergeant Siler who is in the episode. And then I gave it ten points for just <laughs> just taking him out, just laying him over the rail. <laughs> and of course, Dan Shea is a hilarious stunt actor and he goes like, makes this, this scream and the, uh, the flailing limbs, it's just beautiful stunt work. And then when we see him one second later, down uh, unconscious on the stairs, it's uh, Martin Wood helping him. So another five points for a director cameo there. So that little <laughs> shoving Silo, um, <laughs> just ding 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 ding, just earned it 20 points for the episode. Nice. Altogether. Um, steak. I could go for that. And, uh, of course, they decide to break out of the quarantine, and nobody can outrun the Flash. Zoom, zoom, zoom through the hallways. And they leap a 30-foot fence. <laughs> I'll take three stakes. Make it fall. Yeah. And then we learn, of course, from the table uh, ordering... Sam not only talks to her plants, we learned in the episode One False Step, but in this episode we now learn that she likes the taste of diet soda better, and that she can play pool like crazy. It's just physics. <laughs> if anyone could do it, she could. <laughs> Conservation of momentum, right? Earlier this evening, I happened to gaze out the window, and a brassiere caught my eye. Do those look familiar? When you understand the laws of physics, Penny, anything is possible. <laughs> and may I add, mwa-ha-ha. It's the obligatory bar fight scene where some idiot picks a fight and doesn't know what they're getting in for. <laughs> hey, geek. Do you like apples? Yeah. 
Well, I got a number. How do you like them apples? And Daniel, who has been called a dweeb by Colonel O'Neill many times before, suddenly realizes that, uh, hey, nobody calls me a geek uh, anymore. <laughs> Finally, I can stand up to all the bullies in my life. And so we do this, uh, as uh, O'Neill mentions, it's a cliche, completely just one of these silly things, tropes that are in TV and movies. Whenever you're in a bar, having a good time, it's got to be some loud asshole who comes and picks a fight and says, we got to take this outside. <laughs> well, this is a cliche. But it's really funny how when everybody's uh, in a fight or taking out Jafar later um, and they've got their superpowers, we don't see the fight. We just, uh, as the audience, get this cutaway shot and we hear all the sound effects and like some of them maybe... It's, it's like Batman or a cartoon or something. Just, you know, uh, suddenly the characters become a dust ball and there's just like weird limbs flailing and oof, boof, boof. Or Batman. Kapow! Blam! Whap! Zat! <laughs> and maybe, like, if it was dead, Daffy Duck, you know, he gets pummeled and then, like, holds up a little sign that says, Ouch! <laughs> it's really funny that they show all the fighting like that in this episode. Um, and back at the base, General Hammond is like, I thought this was supposed to affect the physical... <laughs> oh, he's so Texas. <laughs> this is supposed to enhance their physical, what is it, capabilities, not make them stupid! <laughs> Yikes. Uh, sorry, sir, we stuck out. But anyway, good timing. You come slinking back and apologizing, because the Tokra High Council turns out wants you to go on this mission with this <clears throat> new information. And Hammond is fucking outraged, which is just beautiful to watch. Hammond is having a good episode in this one. I like it. And so, of course, uh, he forbids them to go, and they go and look at the plans and decide to go anyway. Tilk is worried. You know, he's like, in a very Tilk way, I will go alone. I do not ask you to come with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor Tilk. But you know what? Fuck yes! I want to see that episode where Tilk is like, Listen, this is really, really important that we stop Apophis building this thing. The other guys are kind of having a thing right now, taking a weekend. I'm just going to have to go in and fucking own this motherfucker. Just take it out. Just kaboom. I'm going to do what Tilk do best. <laughs> run in there, zat gun and stuff, blast the shit out of people, do some cool kung fu Jafar attack moves, blow shit up, <laughs> and then not have a one-liner at the end, because Jafar have no reason to say something at this, po at this moment. <laughs> it is not necessary to speak, or something. Anyway, so they figure out that the, the force field thing is a frequency oscillating, because of course it is. Um, that's how you can throw the knives through it or something. Anyway, we'll need snacks on this mission. And, uh, they sneak into the gate room and take out some of the extras, and all of our favorite extras are here. There's Tracy Westerholm, there's this guy, 
Bill Nikolai, who's Richard Dean Anderson's stunt double, also computer operator, and there's Sergeant Laura Davis, who I read in the wiki, this is her last episode, last appearance. Um, oh. <laughs> I mean, I'll be very, very fucking happy to have Gary Jones back every day of the week, buddy. You can't give me bad Gary Jones as Walter, gate technician number one and general tech assistant. But this lady has doors sort of, sort of grown on me. I've been complaining non-stop that all of these extras are taking up precious Gary Jones space, but I'm gonna miss some of them. Okay, I'm done missing them. Anyway, that was nice. Um, so, they go off through the gate, leaving Teal behind. He's like, oh, come on, you guys, you promised we were gonna have fun. Now you're running off to have your own fun without me. You're <laughs> leaving me home. But, uh, they run through the gate, and again, boom, blam, <laughs> pow, zap. <laughs> Goodbye, Jafar. Quit hitting yourself, quit hitting yourself. <laughs> easily take out dozens of guards with these one inept guards. <laughs> and, um, they're sneaking around doing the sabotage, and then suddenly, oh, sir, is it hot in here? And, uh, look, we're all thinking it, I'm just saying it. When the doctor said that this is going to enhance all of your body's natural abilities, come on. <laughs> And Neil and Carter are like, hmm, I wonder. <laughs> Should we try, uh, you know, boning? <laughs> oh, Sarah, is it hot in here? Why, I believe it is, Carter. Oh, God, no, actually, we've <laughs> got a virus and we're about to die because we've lost our armbands, actually. It's not what I thought it was. It wasn't going to the sexy place. Or was it... They run through the force fields, they get the Naquita, which, uh, you know, two people can barely lift it, but apparently the seams on that backpack are just fine. Carry Have you ever tried to, like, walk home with, like, your groceries in your backpack and found that, like, the arm strap just rips off? <laughs> That's happened to me before, like, you know, cotton of milk and maybe some vegetables, some orange juice or something, like, you know, the weight adds up. <laughs> But Daniel Jackson's just carrying around the heaviest element in the universe in a little backpack. The, the, the fine stitching is really holding together. <laughs> um, and when we heard, like, uh, they can lift something like 600 pounds uh, easily, and uh, suddenly Daniel's struggling with the backpack. So maybe that doesn't add up there, but maybe it's just because his is wearing off first for some reason. And, um, but of course, not before they set up the 15 minutes ticking clock before we we all go boom and we have to escape from here. Um, Daniel Jackson's down, clunk comes off him, I can't move, I'm paralyzed. <laughs> and we cut back to Earth where the doctors, the Earth doctor Janet Fraser and the Toker doctor Anise Freya are explaining antibodies to us. Like, <laughs> good timing. Um, so I got it a, I got a one point for a push and swell here when uh, Freya and he says, I do hope SG-1 returns safely. What's the deal with her, by the way? Everyone's giving her meaningful looks, and it's not warranted. Like, 
I gather she was on a bunch of other TV shows, maybe most notably Baywatch. Like, but the moment she walks in here to this episode, it's everyone's like got this weird vibe, like on the like walking on eggshells or something, or like Colonel O'Neill like has an immediate sexual tension with him or something. Um, her. <laughs> so, my mind was wandering there for a second. Um, I just, I just don't get her. Anyway, she's apparently every word that she says, and everyone's hanging on it. Um, there's a cool little scene where they dodge the staff blast at Jafar guard, like, pshoom, and they do a little matrix. Bullet time. How did you do that? You moved like they do. And just in the nick of time, there's a Zat gun from, from stage left in the wings. It is a good thing I came after all. It's Teal'c. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, look who's having a fun time without me. Well, well, look who needs old Teal'c, huh? <laughs> you guys owe me. <laughs> you don't go for steaks without me anymore, okay? We're going for steak and ice cream. <laughs> Poor Teok. Anyway, he saved the day. Sam is next to go down. The armband clunks off. The virus has become too much. Jack O'Neill doing a slow motion run. Do, 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 do. And then clunk, his, his armband's gone too. Daniel and Teok are just like waiting. Cool. <laughs> Sam and Jack. Now look. I I can't give it the ten points for the sexual tension romantic moment, cause even though they have it in this episode, spoiler alert, we don't learn about it until a flashback that's coming up in one or two episodes time. So that's when we'll have to award those ten points for the romantic tension. Um. Not in this one, because in this one, there's just that's the whole point is that they cut away from it and it's uh, they tell lies about it and try to cover it up. So we don't want to see it just yet. It would spoil the reveal. Good thing the bomb goes off and the force fields are down. And we can actually escape. Move, 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 move. Run, 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 run. And the Jafar are attacking, of course. And it's cool that uh, these Jafar are evolving. It would be fine to just have the same old silvery serpent guards forever, you know, they're, they're a nice stand-in for Nazis. You know, SS stormtroopers is never a problem mowing down scores of them every week, but it's cool that actually Apophis, you know, he's growing, he's uh, he's subsumed the, uh, the forces of Soka, so he's got a bit of a hodgepodge of different equipment, and is, um, his Jafar, the, the helmet they're going to wear is a serpent helmet, but he's got a whole lot of army surplus red <laughs> Soka vintage uh, Jafar uniforms lying around, so we might as well use those. So uh, I guess Apophis uses red now. He's just like, okay, new rule. I thought of new rule. <laughs> Tell everybody on Chulak. Um, <laughs> everybody red now. Serpents are red. Violets are blue. What's happening? Uh, the thing explodes and we get back to Earth and it's the end of the episode and it's a happy ending we made it in the nick of time just before the bomb went off and uh, 
I... <laughs> is everybody okay? I am very well, General Hammond. Don't know about these three cunts. <laughs> Who ran away and left me, but uh, I am very well. Thank you for asking, General Hammond. Because <laughs> I wasn't an idiot. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then the, that beautiful line, I'm sorry, me too, me three. I have no reason to apologize. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, they could have done another five minutes of Teal turning his nose up, and I would have been very happy to see that in the episode. <laughs> uh, that, that's a great opportunity for Teal to just be a little bit hurt. <laughs> a little bit of a punch in the nose, wasn't it? So anyway, totaling up the points, it's 43 points. Not such bad episode. A little bit weird. Like I said, like I just like why is this a niece character given such gravity, such weight? Why why is everyone like fawning over her uh, mere appearance and her every word? It's, it's a little bit weird. I didn't get that. But uh hey, when they say to themselves, "What if we gave the character superpowers for one episode?" Yeah, I'm on board. You talked me into it. Uh, the only last note I had from the audio commentary which, uh, yeah, I'm watching the commentaries now, which makes it twice as hard <laughs> to, um, to get these episodes done in a timely fashion. Um, Martin Woods talks about all about the uh, filmmaker's basis for the push and swell. <laughs> push in on the character face, or as he says, sometimes it's a pull for the same effect about ramping up tension and putting a little button on a scene. He gives the other full explanation. I'm very happy to be uh, vindicated <laughs> with my crazy inclusion of that in my score scoreboard criteria. Um, I, I'm glad I'm not the only one who noticed. Like, there's some things where, yeah, I was wrong about stuff, like intars and TERs, uh, you know, and I kept repeating the same stuff over, and I feel stupid about it. And maybe there's still some stuff I'm I'm repeating that's idiotic right now, and I'm not going to realize until I get to it in three seasons' time. But I'm very glad that I was right about the push and swell thing being a friggin' trope, <laughs> repeating feature of Stargate from the very beginning. Fault me for a lot of things, but not for that. <laughs> okay, thanks. Let's have a look at the next one. It's uh, Crossroads next. Can't remember for the life of me what that is about. All of these titles are completely ambiguous. Um, but uh, it's either that one or the next one where we do the what is it? The Tokra lie detector. So that's fun. Bye.